What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Through My Eyes podcast. I'm your host, Nick. And today, today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be continuing on the topic of the 2022 NBA playoffs. Because why the hell not? In my opinion, these playoffs have been some of the most entertaining playoffs in the last couple of years. We have young powerhouse teams going head to head, like the Minnesota and Memphis series. Brooklyn and Boston was exciting, despite Boston mopping the floor with Brooklyn. The Toronto and Philly series exciting. That series has gone to five. Toronto has really put their stamp on this series, showing that they are not going to give up. That just makes it exciting. The Phoenix and Pelican series is exciting as well because with Devin Booker going down, CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram are the two best offensive players on the court for either team. Chris Paul is very talented offensive, offensively, but Brandon Ingram is a little more talented, at least, at least at this stage of Chris Paul's career. But Chris Paul has still clutched it up in these games. He had an amazing um, fourth-quarter performance a couple nights ago that sealed the the win for his Phoenix Suns in a game four. The final score was, I mean, in a game three, and the final score was 114 to 111. Now Phoenix leads the series three to two. They just won their game last night, 112 to 97, where they had advantage of the game for a majority of it. Mikel Bridges showed out, dropping to 31 points, five rebounds and two assists, and also four blocks and one steal on defense. Really um, playing better than his last game. His last his last uh, game out, he only had eight points. And without Booker, the Phoenix Suns need a primary score, and Mikel Bridges can be that guy. So it's dope to see that he's playing and dropping buckets he also hit his shots on an efficient rate he was 12 to 17 which is 70 percent field goal range this man was playing efficient basketball also deandre aiden has been playing very solid throughout this series but jonas valanciunas has been outplaying him some games so that's what the downfall of the phoenix suns has been in the games they've lost it's because usually jonas valanciunas has outplayed deandre aiden on the boards on defense and on offense and like i said without devin booker it's just it's been kind of difficult for the phoenix suns to find that primary scoring option because devin booker is that guy he's the guy that you're going to give the ball to at the end of games it's devin booker or chris paul but usually devin booker takes it like the first three quarters and chris paul takes over in the fourth or vice versa but without devin booker they need to find a second co-star with Chris Paul because obviously you want the rest of your teammates, the rotation players and starters to put up solid numbers, but you want a second guy that can put up at least 20, 25 plus points, 25, 30 plus points on any given night on your squad. And Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Aiden are those guys for the Phoenix Suns so Chris Paul doesn't have anything to worry about 
even though this series has gone to five, I don't believe it's going to go any further. I think Phoenix will win their next game, which is coming up on Thursday. <sighs> Devin Booker will not be back, but I just have faith in Phoenix. I believe they'll just shut it all out and move on. Speaking of moving on to the next round, the Miami Heat have officially taken out the Atlanta Hawks with the gentleman's sweep, 4-1. to one. The final game, the final score was 94-97. to 97. Trey was <laughs> locked up all series. He finished this game with only 11 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists, shooting 16% from field goal range. And Jimmy Butler wasn't even in the lineup, or Kyle Lowry. It was the Victor Oladipo show. He finished the game with 23 points, one rebound, three assists, and three steals on 50% shooting. Victor Oladipo, every time he plays basketball and he's the primary scoring option for the Miami Heat, he usually goes off, or if he's the second or third option, he usually goes off. The Miami Heat are stacked, and they have diamonds in the rough like Victor Oladipo, who's been injured for these last couple of seasons but he's still one of the league's most talented two-way guards, in my opinion, when he's fully healthy. So the Miami Heat are just talented, one through 14. They have guys that they developed from the G League, injured guys, great two-way players like P.J. Tucker, vets like Udonis Haslam. The Miami Heat are a very solid team, and that's why they just took advantage of the Atlanta Hawks the Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks do not have a secondary scoring option. If Trey Young's off, no one else is really going to go off. Except DeAndre Hunter played all right in this series. Better than, not better than expected because the Hawks needed more out of him, to be honest. In the other games where Trey was playing bad, they needed DeAndre to step up. And they're most likely going to deal John Collins this offseason. He did not play that well in the playoffs in their series versus Miami he he just didn't produce like he should like he should have so they're most likely going to move him in the offseason Atlanta needs a secondary scoring option most likely a a big that can stretch the floor and run run to the rim I can see them potentially trading Capella and John Collins for a Carl Anthony Towns or something like that's probably not going to happen but they need a stretch five or a stretch four in my opinion that can also play defense and play make and all of that because John Collins just does not fit with Trey Young and the pieces around Trey Young he needs um, bigger wings and players that can actually shoot the three ball on an efficient rate and for the other series that's over with, Boston versus Brooklyn, Brooklyn just lost all hope in that series. And those last couple of games, it looks like they were just giving up completely. Jason Tatum was the man in that series. He was the best player on the floor for either team. He finished the series averaging over 30 points, eight assists, five rebounds, shooting over 40% from field goal range. 
he was unstoppable on the offensive end. He also played great defense on Kevin Durant. The 2022 Defensive Player of the Year, Marcus Smart, also played great defense on KD. When KD was guarded by Marcus Smart, it was some of the worst offense he's ever played in the playoffs. And KD and Kyrie just did not show up every single night. Kyrie had off nights. KD had off nights. And with a team like the Brooklyn Nets, you need your two stars to go off every single night or you're just not going to win games. The Brooklyn Nets just don't have the continuity to win games if KD and Kyrie aren't hooping. If they aren't hooping, they're not going to win games. They have not played with each other enough this season due to the whole COVID fiasco with Kyrie Irving. And finally, the ruling was lifted and he was able to play home games, but it was way too late in the season. And then James Harden wanted to get traded because of the whole Kyrie thing. So they lose James Harden, bring in Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond. Ben Simmons did not play a game for them at all this season. There seems like there's some dismay and miscommunications between those two parties. I don't know what the hell is going on with Ben Simmons. He's a talented basketball player all around. He can do everything on the basketball court, but shoot the ball ironically. So I don't understand what's going on with him. Hopefully he gets back on the court soon. This man is a talented basketball player and he would have really helped the Nets. He was that he was like he's a Swiss Army knife. So put him in that situation with the Nets. He could have played defense on Tatum and Brown and just held down the defensive side of the ball because that's one thing about the Nets is they could not stop the Celtics on defense. The Celtics offense firepower was too much for the Brooklyn Nets, especially their bench. They have guys like Peyton Pritchard, Derek White, Grant Williams, who are all outstanding players that fill their roles perfectly. And Brooklyn just doesn't really have those guys. Their final lineup on the floor usually consisted of guys under 6'5", other than Kevin Durant. It was Bruce Brown, Patty Mills, Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, and KD. That was the lineup they would go with at the end of games sometimes. Not a winning lineup in my opinion. It's just not. You need big men out there. You need swings, swing wings, guys that can guard bigs and guard guards and shoot the three. They just had a bunch of small guys that can shoot the three. And that was their downfall. And they're going to have to do a lot of adjustments this offseason. A lot of adjustments. And Kyrie Irving is a free agent. He could possibly leave. KD can request a trade. I don't see that happening. I feel like he's most likely going to end his career in Brooklyn. This is just that's the, that's the hill he wants to die on. So if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. And now to move on to the next series. Minnesota versus Memphis. This series has been the most entertaining, in my opinion. Memphis is up 3-2 in the series. They could potentially end the series this coming Friday. So in about three days, they can end this series. They won their last game, 111-109. John Moran had one of the nastiest dunks over Malik Beasley I've probably ever seen in my life. It is probably the nastiest dunk this season that was attempted. He attempted another dunk, I believe, last year, and he didn't make it. This year, he finally got 
the crazy, insane dunk that we've been waiting for from him. He finally did it, and it was better than I expected. He murked Malik Beasley. I can't wait to see the memes of Malik Beasley with like the coffin and all the little extra stuff they do because bro murked him on the break. It was complete annihilation. And to go more into this series, John Moran has been playing great basketball throughout this series. And the only reason that it's three to two is because Cronthony Towns, when he plays aggressive, Memphis wins games. And I know that's simple to say, but when he doesn't play aggressive, they don't win because it's really D'Lo hasn't had the greatest series this this um of these playoffs. I believe he I believe he's averaging like fourteen points, like eight um seven assists, something like that. And not really efficient with those numbers. Cat is wishy-washy every other game. One of the games in this series, we all know he fouled out of. And he had eight points in that game. So I don't know what the Timberwolves are going to do on that side of the ball. It looks like sometimes they're better as a team without Cat on the floor. And I know that's crazy to say because Cat... He's an outstanding basketball player, one of the league's best offensive centers, best stretch five in the game. But the Timberwolves, without Cat on the floor, run that, run the break like crazy. And Cat slows the pace down. So I wouldn't be surprised if they end up moving Cat this year in the offseason because Anthony Edwards is such a stud on the offensive end. And on the defensive end this year, he's took on the assignment of guarding John Morant some possessions. And he's been balling out all season long, all playoffs long. And when he balls out, they usually win the game. He's had an amazing playoff series. And I just can't wait to see the rest of his career. This first playoff round has been so exciting. The only sad thing is we're going to miss seeing teams like Minnesota and Atlanta, and of course, Brooklyn with KD and Kyrie. Think about those guys. Even though they get on people's nerves, Kyrie is the best show in basketball. There's just no debate about it. When this man has the ball, it's like he is pulling it on a string, and he's the puppeteer. It's it's just amazing what this man can do with the basketball. So it's kind of sad that they've got bounced in the first round by the Boston Celtics, but hopefully they're back next year and Kyrie Irving doesn't retire or do whatever the hell he decides to do. And to move on to the next series, Dallas versus Utah. This series I'm not really going to get into. I know it's 3-2. to two. I know Utah is doing better than what people expected, but Dallas led this series got the lead on this series without Luka Doncic. Jalen Brunson completely exposed them on the defensive side of the ball. Mike Conley could not check him for shit. And he just bodied them both games. He dropped 40 points on them in one game. And when Luka came back, it looked like it was over. And Dallas got one game on I mean, Utah got one game on them. It was a close game. And I believe Dallas is just going to close it all out tonight 
Um, I mean, not tonight, tomorrow. I believe Dallas is just going to close it all out tomorrow. And it's going to be the end of the Utah Jazz. And they're going to most likely blow up their team this offseason. I can see Rudy Gobert being shipped off or Donovan Mitchell. For sure, they're role players like Mike Conley and Bogdanovich. All those guys are going to be shipped off. And to get into the Bulls and Bucks series, that series is pretty much over. There's nothing really to get into in that series except Zach Levine has entered the health and safety protocols. This is another reason why the Milwaukee Bucks are going to run away with this series. They're up 3-1. to one. It's going to be a gentleman's sweep. Speaking of gentleman's sweep, the Warriors are going to gentleman's sweep the Denver Nuggets. It's sad because it's literally just Nikola Jokic out there. Will Barden has been playing all right. Monte Morris has been playing very solid basketball. But he doesn't have that second star next to him. He doesn't have Jamal Murray. He doesn't have Michael Porter Jr. And even though they were down 3-0 in the series at first, they just won their last game. Monte Morris turned up. They call him the Golden State Killer. And he represented his name to the max that game. Nikola Jokic also had a strong game. Eric Gordon had a very strong game on defense. But they had to play like that every night to beat the Golden State Warriors. Because the thing about the Golden State Warriors is they got three of them brothers now. Three of them light-skinned killers in Golden State. We have Klay Thompson, Steph Curry. And if you don't know, there's a new one named Jordan Poole. Who has the potential to be amazing to be potentially at the level of a Steph Curry. And last year, man, was third-team All-G League. The things this guy can do off the dribble, he's 6'5", he can take it to the rack with either hand. His shot is so pretty also. It's just, it's like, it looks like it's cash every time it's going in. The arc on it, the precision, this man, is an elite basketball player already at the age of 21, 22. And I just can't wait to see what he does on the Golden State Warriors. Also, they have young players like Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody. And everyone forgets about James forgets about James Wiseman, who I hope and pray, knock on wood, that he doesn't have a career like a Greg Oden or somebody like that. I want to see bro play. That's going to make the Warriors way more scary or just add another star type player to that squad with a Jordan Poole with a Jonathan Kaminga the Warriors are set up with their future they just are all right y'all that is my podcast oh last but oh wait yeah that is my podcast for today I hope y'all enjoyed it deuces